whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann, and this is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 77. Holy cow, 77. That's a big deal. So thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about Sean Watson getting traded to the Cleveland Browns for a lot of picks and a lot of money. We're going to do my favorite moments from free agency and a lot of trades and just everything that's happened in these last couple of weeks. It's spoiler alert. It's going to be a lot of AFC West stuff. And then we're going to talk about March Madness. So if you're listening now, it's about the end of the second round. So if your bracket is still alive, kudos to you on that one because I got UCLA left and that's about it. And I'll explain why. <laughs> so to get started on today's show, and I'm sorry if I'm talking a little smaller, talking a little less louder. I, I don't really, I'm really tired. I've been on the road all day and I'm in a different setup. If you guys can just kind of see on my YouTube audience, I am in my room from back home. So that's exciting stuff. Putting my phone away too, as that process happens. So a lot of moving parts, but the interviews will come back. We have a couple big guests coming very soon. And we're obviously going to have lots of more things to talk about. The Sweet 16 is this week. So obviously next week's episode, will cover that. There's going to be some more moving parts of the NFL. There's still a lot of big names out there and just a whole lot more to get into. So let's just start with Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. And I just want to address it. It's going to be just strictly football, how this affects the Browns, the Texans, and the NFL as a whole. So let's get into that. So Deshaun to the Browns. I think a lot of us thought that it was going to be down to the Saints and the Falcons, two NFC South teams. Deshaun was close to home with Atlanta. A lot of us, including me, thought it made the most sense. Cleveland was originally out of the running for Deshaun Watson. So we all thought, okay, it's going to be Watson with this unique Atlanta roster with Arthur Smith, or it was going to be with this new era besides without Sean Payton in the New Orleans Saints. And then we get the Browns. So that was a whole thing. And in that process, we've burned bridges and we've got a new loaded Browns roster in the AFC North. The AFC North and the AFC West are stacked. They're unbelievable. We're going to talk about the AFC West in a minute, but holy cow. So Watson's going to have Mari Cooper as his number one wide receiver. So he gets that Hopkins-like receiver again that can go up and get big balls, runs great routes, and is really speedy. You get a fantastic running game. The best running game Watson's had in his career He's going to have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt to be able to throw, run the ball to. I can't imagine Cleveland shies away from their identity, but now they have somebody improved besides Baker Mayfield to be able to stretch the ball down the field. It doesn't all have to be on the run game. And the play action, Watson can make throws from third and 12 and third and 15. Certain things that Baker Mayfield at times showed he was incapable of. We're really going to see how this Browns team with this roster intact with Miles Garrett, talent like Denzel Ward, talent like Nick Chubb, talent like Amari Cooper. You have a lot of really great players and a great coach in Kevin Stefanski who took this Browns team to a playoff kind of record. They made the playoffs in 2020. They made it work. And now they get a chance with Deshaun Watson. It wasn't the year they wanted last year. It was more of a disappointment in many ways. So we're going to really see how that evolves as we move forward. I'm really excited to see how it works. In terms of the outside the NFL, the Texans get a Celtics-like pick barrage. They have, I think, just a multitude of picks. I think they have a couple firsts. They have a third and a fifth to work with now. So they're going to have their own pick. They're going to have Cleveland's pick. They're going to have a lot to work with. They're going to be able to make a lot of things happen. And I think that they're going to be able to try to build around Davis Mills. It's a stacked receiving core. They're going to be able to do a lot with this with nothing. This is a Texans team with a lot of potential and a roster that's really capable 
of taking a big significant leap in 2022. Now, I think that this also does two things. It burns the bridges for the Browns with Baker Mayfield, obviously. So he'll be looking for a new home. And I think that the Falcons have burned their bridge with Matt Ryan. I think they went all in for Deshaun Watson as they should have, and they paid the price. Either Matt Ryan's going to come back and it's going to inevitably screw Atlanta in some way, or Atlanta's going to find a new home for him and just move on and try to find a quarterback in this draft or get a bridge guy like Garoppolo. I think the Colts have a big role to play. They could potentially get Baker Mayfield, try to find a home from there. It's the same similar style where they can use the run game to make it work. They have enough receivers and enough talent where on defense, it doesn't have to be all on Baker. It can be like it was in 2020 with the Browns. So there's that. And I also could see Matt Ryan going there. Seattle's another place where Baker could go there for a year, try to improve, have a good season with Pete Carroll. DK Metcalf would be a pretty good receiver to throw to. Rashad Penny just got re-signed, so there's a lot of good moving parts there. Are they going to be a playoff team? Probably not. But could Baker have a successful year? Absolutely. And he could prove himself similar to what Mitch Trubisky did. Take that kind of year off, kind of almost reinvent yourself in a way and get yourself a new contract on a new team. Because Baker Mayfield is clearly capable of being a, one of the 32 starters in this league. It's just a matter of timing, who wants him, and how his maturity plays into that. And with Matt Ryan on the Colts, that'd be a great spot for Matt Ryan to not have to do a ton, has a talented roster. It's just like with Baker Mayfield. They don't have to do much. But with Matt Ryan, I think he bring winning experience, MVP experience, and a lot more. So this Deshaun Watson trade has clearly made a lot of dominoes in the NFL. Really excited to see how it plays out, and I hope you are too. We'll see how the suspension stuff plays out, but that's not what we're going to worry about here. Okay. So the NFL free agency, last time we've talked, has kicked off a lot of great things this last week. I just want to go through some of my favorite moments, and spoiler, it's a lot of stuff with AFC West. So I just want to run through teams who I thought made a significant improvement. And yes, again, the majority of them are in the AFC East. I do apologize for that if you were looking for a different spin or something along those lines. We'll talk about the Jaguars for a little bit, though, too. Actually, I've changed my mind. Let's start with Jacksonville. So... We talked about this on cover two with Patrick. So Patrick, if you're listening, shout out to you. We said Jacksonville did had the right intentions in mind, but they did not execute them in the best ways. So you get guys like Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Brandon Scherf from the Washington Commanders. That'll be a fun word to memorize and remember. See if we can get a Redskins in there at some point. But Brandon Sheriff was the first signing that I actually saw. So I was like, okay, Jacksonville, making the moves, making that improvement. I really liked it. I don't know if I like Christian Kirk for that much money. I know that he was a lethal threat when Hopkins was on the field with the Cardinals. I just don't know if that works as a number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence. And Evan Ingram, Jacksonville's biggest problem last year, especially on offense, was drops and miscommunication. Evan Ingram drops. He's had a lot of big drops and a lot of big games for the Giants, especially early in the season when they're very much still in it. I just don't know if these signings are the best. I know they're looking in the right direction. They're trying to find weapons for Lawrence. They're trying to surround the team with him. Doug Peterson could maybe find a way to make this work within his scheme. I just think some of their signings so far have been misguided, I think. Not in necessarily bad, all-time terrible, because it could easily work out. Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk could have a really nice connection. That deep threat could open the field up for a Chanel or a Marvin Jones Jr., but I don't know if $84 million is the way to go, especially when this was your year to have a ton of salary cap and make a lot of big moves. And again, guys, if I missed something that you wanted me to talk about, 
we get plenty of time this spring break to be able to do so. So drop it below, please. I really enjoy your feedback. Another team, and then we're just going to start to get into the AFC West of it all. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. So Josh McDaniels, the new head coach, shockingly, there's no weak leak in this division. I thought it was going to be Las Vegas as a man. McDaniels is going to have a tough time in his first year because the Broncos just got Russell Wilson. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and the Chargers are getting better and better. We're going to talk about those teams in a second. But the Raiders go and get Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams for a first and a second. So I feel that's pretty much that. That's probably worth it. Yeah, you think so? So you now Josh McDaniels has not only Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro to work with, he gets to add Devontae Adams as a true number one for Derek Carr, the better receiver by miles that Derek Carr's had in his entire career. They could re-sign to Deshaun Jackson. That could be something too. That is just, ooh, ooh. It adds to the layers of that Green Bay drama too that I just, oh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what's going on there. I'm not going to make assumptions on the show, but it's very interesting that Rodgers signs the mega deal and then Adams gets shipped off and I know Rodgers Adams knew there's a lot of information like Rodgers knew this was going to happen but Adams was most likely not going to come back but it's certainly interesting how you go two seasons and then the second you get a chance to kind of be that guy to take a pay cut you take a big big oh gosh take a big cat hit and then boom the world falls apart for Green Bay and their number one receiver so we'll see how that goes another team I liked is the Chargers they've made a lot of great moves they re-signed Mike Williams, who's a very much improving receiver when he's healthy. He's one of the best 50-50 ball receivers in the league. I like that for Justin Herbert and his development. That offensive line is going to get better. They have Austin Eckler back, Keenan Allen, and they got Khalil Mack for virtually nothing, and they got J.C. Jackson away from the Patriots. Ugh, that makes me upset. But they get a ball hawking corner that is going to gel well with Asante Jack. It's Asante Samuel Jr., that's right. And Darwin James. So that's a really solid secondary. I think for the Chargers and most of the AFC West with the Broncos getting Russell Wilson is the AFC West smells blood in the water and they're jumping on that opportunity. The Chiefs had moments last year where a couple weeks every now and then they looked weak and the offensive line had struggles. Patrick Mahomes would extend plays, try to do too much, and it would end up costing him like it did in the AFC Championship game. There's a lot of things right now that if you're the AFC West and you're looking at the Chiefs, you go, hey, the Bengals just went in there on a magical run and took down the Chiefs in Arrowhead, something that we all thought was not going to happen. I mean, there were the Bengals fans and the non-detractors that were saying that Joe Burrow was the truth. But now there's blood in the water. And I think any four of these teams, you can make a reasonable argument that that team could not only beat Kansas City, but could win the division and make a playoff run for the Super Bowl. If Josh McDaniels works out, that's going to be dangerous. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby can get pressure on the quarterback. It's all, all these teams, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, can get to the quarterback. You have the Denver Broncos signing Randy Gregory, Brandon Chubb, Bradley Chubb, can get to the quarterback. All of these teams now can have weapons and pieces that can get them homes and have complimentary pieces on offense. Denver added those pieces on offense. The Chargers had those pieces on offense, now has those pieces on defense to make life easier for Justin Herbert. This is going to be so much, this division is going to be so much fun to watch, guys. It's, oh, I cannot, I, I think I'm going to bring back free agency profiles or not free agent profiles. I think we're going to do divisional breakdowns later once the March Madness stuff clears and the draft's over and once training camp begins in the summer and we'll do like divisional breakdowns again. 
I know I started it and I didn't really finish it and I feel bad about that, but we can definitely bring that back if you guys are interested, especially as our audience is growing. We're getting more people involved. We're getting more interviews. I can try to get some writers on and talk about their teams in that divisional breakdown. So really excited about what we can do with this NFL offseason that's been unreal and insane. Cannot wait to do that. It's going to be such a wild ride. Also, I think there's another team that is like totally escaping my mind right now. And I know somebody's going to find me in the, oh, the Rams got Allen Robinson. They're going to be so good. The NFC is loaded, especially it's, that NFC is not loaded necessarily. It's the Packers, Rams, and the Bucks and the rest of the field. Maybe the Cowboys, if they can get a good receiver besides CeeDee Lamb and work out that situation. I, I just don't know. We'll see. Because it's always somebody different in the NFC East. You never know. With, you never know. You just never know. But when I return, guys, we're going to take a short break and we're going to talk about March Madness, what I loved about it, what I love about the tournament, my current bracket status. Drop yours below. This is the Man with the Plane podcast, episode 77. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Man with the Plane podcast, episode 77 crazy that number is so crazy you know what else is crazy march madness the best best week in sports i know that you could have your college football nfl detractors but this it goes across the week and it just is so much chaos so much has happened i cannot believe it it oh oh my goodness it's just so much fun to talk about i know on youtube my audience is probably gonna be like oh grace and please stop but just to recap the couple upsets that we've had, we've had Duke escape. We've had Richmond upset Iowa. We had St. Peter's going on an unbelievable run. Miami just beat Auburn literally an hour ago. There's so much going on. There's going to be so many different teams. Iowa State beat Wisconsin. Illinois just lost. UCLA, my team is still in it. North Carolina took down Baylor. There is so, so much in the atmosphere the hustle, just the overall aspect of this part of college basketball is what makes it so much fun is that anything could literally happen. And I always tell people, I've had a lot of people over the, like the last couple of weeks ask me, what's your opinion on this bracket? Like, how do, how do I make this? How do I settle this out? And I tell them, honestly, if you really don't know, you probably have a better shot than most because going for the chalk and going for the math and the analytics can screw you. Cause you could say, Hey, Kentucky on paper, this is the year. And then you go, okay. St. Peter's, a team with no players recruited, ranked nationally, beats a Kentucky team coached by John Calipari. You could have a team from the like Alaska beat Duke. It's just crazy. There's just so much that can happen. And normally it doesn't happen a lot. We get like maybe a couple here and there. And I know we say this every tournament, but it feels like there's just been so much chaos this year, especially. And I think the most underrated value of it is bringing the crowd back into it getting that energy, everyone's riled up, everyone's enthusiastic. It's so much fun. I love it so much. And I cannot wait for the Sweet 16. We're definitely going to talk about it then. I think if I had a pick, and I'm going to take a quick look at my bracket. I'm going to take a quick look at my bracket real quick. I'm just going to just let you guys do a live reaction of just my sadness that's taking place in this. So currently I'm in a bracket, and if I win it, I can get $350, which just, oh. So the, my Sweet 16's varied. Gonzaga, Arkansas is one matchup, Texas Tech and Duke, UCLA, North Carolina, St. Peter's, and the winner of Purdue and Texas, which is currently a two-point game right now, 
the winner of Arizona TCU plays Houston, Michigan, Villanova. Michigan's been on a tear. After that whole thing, we talked about it where, uh, gosh, I can't, for the life of me, Juwan Howard punches the Indiana coach. They're in the Sweet 16. What a turnaround for them. And he's certainly had a lot of help. A lot of people have certainly forgotten about that, but he's certainly earned his praise to take a Michigan team that went 17-15 to the Sweet 16. Can Excuse me. Holy cow. Kansas and Providence. Providence. I'll watch that. Iowa State and Miami. We have an 11 and a 10. So we're going to have a double-digit ranked seed in the Elite Eight. Guaranteed. Maybe St. Peter's. They're my team moving forward. I'm, I'm riding the Doug train. I am riding. My, uh, my bracket pick currently is UCLA. My, uh, my final four is Gonzaga. Gonzaga. It's just I, I get that name mixed up so much. Gonzaga. UCLA, and then I had Tennessee and Auburn. So we're, we're two of four right now. So hopefully we can at least get one of those in, and it would be kind of nice just for self-esteem for picks next year. So that'll be something to look forward to. But, guys, I hope you enjoyed. I know that was a little bit of a disorganized March Madness talk, but we'll definitely get into that more as we get into the, the bones and the meat of the tournament. The Sweet 16, drop your bracket champion below. And if you're still in the bracket challenge and you think you got a chance of winning, let me know down below because the podcast bracket challenge is underway. We had so many great submissions, so many funny names too, interesting ones. I'm talking about you, Jacob. So many great things happening. And the winner of the bracket challenge gets to come on the show for an interview. So stay on the tune, stay on the lookout for that, for that one. And as always, guys, that'll do it for today. Episode 77 of the man with the plan podcast. We are on Apple podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and much more subscribe or leave a like comment or just leave us a five-star review so i know what to improve on leave us feedback and it knows and i know that you're enjoying the show thank you guys as always thank you for tuning in have a great week great spring break if you're on it and as always take care Mm -hmm.